Dancers, welcome back. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and expert of all things dancer health and wellness. Today we're going to be talking about quite a large overarching topic that in my opinion has a lot of misconceptions around it and that's emotional eating. So raise your hand if you've ever felt like you've eaten emotionally in the construct of how diet and wellness culture love to identify this behavior. So what I mean by that is when we think about emotional eating, we're often thinking about eating out of maybe stress or sadness and perhaps eating a quote-unquote more indulgent food, let's just say something like ice cream or desserts, doing so in a bit of a more mindless way, perhaps not necessarily listening to fullness cues and maybe even eating to a point of physical discomfort. So this is quite often the way that diet and wellness culture like to label emotional eating. But in today's video, you're gonna learn why I, as a dietitian and counselor intuitive eating for dancers, like to encourage that we not avoid the behavior of emotional eating, but rather reclaim what it means to be an emotional eater. So let's get into it. So in the construct of how dining wellness culture identify emotional eating, why might dancers be more prone to these types of behaviors around food? First and foremost, when we talk about turning to food in the realm of emotional eating, we can refer to two different types of behaviors. There could be either the use of food as a coping mechanism, so perhaps this means eating certain foods, like I said earlier, in a more mindless type of way, but it can also mean turning to food in a more restrictive manner. So either using food or using food restriction in order to navigate what I consider to be heightened emotional triggers. Heightened emotional triggers are a variety of different types of emotions that we as humans experience on any given day. Now when they're heightened, it essentially means that we need some coping mechanisms in order to navigate through them. And so often, dancers will either turn to food or the behaviors of eating or food restriction, the behaviors of limiting their food intake in order to navigate through. So first, let's talk about what these heightened emotional triggers might be. So often we hear these identified as either being like positive emotional triggers or negative emotional triggers. Positive emotional triggers you might think of being as something like joy and excitement. So let's just say as an example, if you just got accepted into your dream company, no matter your hunger cues, no matter your fullness cues, you are wanting to go out and celebrate with friends. Pretty normal human experience. And then we've got some of the quote unquote negative emotional triggers. These might be feelings of stress, anxiety, nervousness, sadness, depression. But here's the thing, I don't want you to think of any of these emotions as being positive or negative because that really makes us feel like we are doing something wrong for feeling this way. And it's extremely normal. It's a normal part of human behavior to experience emotions, anything from joy to of course sadness. Uh, and anxiety and nervousness. So feeling like any of these emotions are, let's just say, negative emotions makes us feel like we are perhaps doing something wrong for feeling that way. And that's the first thing that we need to really get off the table here is that you are not doing anything wrong when you feel sad, upset, even angry, or um, maybe depressed, lonely, anxious. So first things first, understand that all of these emotions are part of the normal human experience. Now, if you're a dancer, 
who is either utilizing food or utilizing food restriction to navigate through these emotions, this is what we're now going to talk about, how we can choose behaviors that are perhaps going to help us and rather not hinder us when it comes to navigating through these heightened emotions. So why might dancers be more prone to utilizing food or utilizing food restriction to navigate through these instances? Well, a lot of it boils down to control. So much of a dancer's short-term and long-term success in the studio can very much feel out of their immediate control. So think about it. The, um, the results of your audition, uh, perhaps your casting for an upcoming performance, a lot of this is left in the hands of your teachers and directors. So right there, it can feel very uncomfortable for a lot of dancers and therefore cause a lot of stress and anxiety, these feelings of perhaps discomfort. So when we are experiencing these feelings, it's extremely normal to now want to try and turn to behaviors that are going to provide us more with comfort. And so often for many dancers, that is control. And this is a really interesting source of feedback from our bodies. And it's one that we can even start to think about from a perspective shift of having a lot of self-compassion for ourselves, because essentially what we're doing is striving for comfort in an otherwise experience of discomfort. Now, of course, what you are striving for, for comfort in regard to whether it just be eating mindlessly or perhaps turning to food restriction, this is where we're going to start to intervene upon and see if, we, if there are other ways that we can find comfort. But first, give yourself some space that you are in fact attempting to honor your body's desire for comfort in what is an otherwise very uh, uncomfortable situation. Now instead of aiming to avoid the, this idea of emotional eating, as I mentioned earlier, I'd rather you as a dancer work to reclaim what it means to be an emotional eater. And the reason for this is because I am often encouraging that dancers view food in a way that's born from emotional experiences. So your relationship with different types of food, for example, your preferences, your cravings, what's accessible to you, all of these factors that determine your food choices are very often born from experiences, or I should say emotional experiences that you've had with those foods, whether they're positive experiences, negative experiences, maybe neutral experiences, whatever it might be, they are very much the root that is behind your intent and your choices when it comes to the foods you eat on any given day. So we don't want to uh, prevent or avoid building an emotional connection with food. Instead, we want to work on building what I call a working relationship with food so that we are experiencing to the best of our ability. It's not always possible. We never want to strive for even perfect behaviors, even when it comes to this work. But when, when we can, when it's accessible, we want to aim to build choices, build intent that come from emotional experiences around food. So let's dive into a more systematic step-by-step -step approach for how you can start to reclaim yourself as an emotional eater. One that is going to help you build, as I mentioned, that working relationship with food, rather than let's say turning to food as your only way to cope through those heightened emotional triggers, or of course, 
turning to food restriction in a way to seek control in what often can feel very out of control around you. First things first, I want you to identify emotional hunger. Start to think about your physical hunger cues and your emotional hunger cues. Physical hunger cues, these are pretty apparent, but might not necessarily be so apparent for a lot of dancers that are coming from a history of food restriction. Anything from a grumbling tummy to a headache to lightheadedness can be examples of physical hunger. But emotional hunger is a little bit harder to identify. So I want you to think about what your reasoning for your food choice at this very moment is and whether or not that might be emotional hunger. Next thing we want to consider and ask ourselves, am I eating enough throughout the day? Very often, if not most often, a lot of the dancers who I work with who feel or identify themselves as emotional eaters in the context of diet and wellness culture, so in that often negative connotation around emotional eating, most often these dancers are not only turning to food in times of emotional distress, but they're also coming from a period of restriction. So this restriction can be a physical restriction, like not eating enough calories throughout your day or week, or this can be a mental restriction, for example, clean eating lifestyles or extreme food rules. Whatever it might be, that source of restriction is going to exacerbate your use of food when you are navigating through those emotional triggers. And the thing is, when we again shift our perspective and take a more compassionate approach, what we begin to realize is that our bodies are attempting to biologically make up for what it needs calories or perhaps psychologically make up for what it thinks it might not be getting in the future. So uh, we often call this like the last supper mindset where you are essentially trying to get it all in now because starting tomorrow, you're not going to let yourself eat it again. So these are a lot of behaviors that we want to start to detangle in regard to our relationship with food. And so often it does stem from making sure we're eating enough throughout the day, making sure that we're also eating regularly, consistently, multiple meals and snacks throughout your day, just to ensure that when it comes to those heightened emotional triggers, you're not first getting there with a baseline of low fuel intake. Because if that's the case, not only will you be attempting to navigate through those emotions, but you're also going to be making up for a previous restriction. So I also want you to challenge the potential for a perfectionist or all or nothing mindset. So if you're entering food, especially during those times of heightened emotional triggers and you are feeling that I need to do get this all in now because I'm never gonna eat it again or starting tomorrow I'm going to restart, we need to get off of this all or nothing cycle, especially when it comes to around, around food. So if you are identifying thoughts like all or nothing thinking, black or white thinking, that it needs to be all, I need to eat all the cookies now because I'm not gonna eat any cookies tomorrow, we need to realize that this thinking can be seen as some somewhat of an obstacle that's preventing you from building a more positive emotional connection to any one food because when it comes to those foods, like let's just say cookies as an example, if you're only allowing yourself cookies under these conditions of perhaps only eating them on weekends and then entering that all or nothing mindset, it becomes very difficult to develop a working relationship with a food like cookies where you're telling yourself, you know what, I can enjoy these tomorrow. I can enjoy these 
the next day, the next day, and so on, when they're available to me, when they're accessible to me, and therefore I don't need to enter this last supper mindset of where I need to get them all in now. So that's the work of really starting to build a more positive emotional experience with certain foods. And then of course, it's super important to make sure that you are building a toolbox of various types of coping mechanisms so that food is not your only coping mechanism when it comes to navigating through heightened emotional triggers. So first you need to realize that if you are turning to food because you feel stressed or nervous or anxious, it's not such a bad thing. There's a lot worse that can be done during these types of emotions. So again, we need to strip the shame away from the behavior of perhaps turning to food during these emotions. But of course, we wanna make sure food is not our only coping mechanism for navigating through. And we wanna build a toolbox. So working with a mental health therapist is truly what I recommend to help building this emotional toolbox. But just a few examples, anything like reading a book, listening to music, taking a walk, maybe taking a dance class, all examples of other activities, experiences that can help you to build other behaviors to navigate through stressful times. Another one I also like to add in for dancers is something like knitting, using your hands, and then of course making something that you can then utilize in the studio can be something that's not only helpful but feel a bit more rewarding to you. So to summarize, we are not avoiding the behavior of emotional eating. Instead, we want to reclaim ourselves as emotional eaters in the aspect of rebuilding what I call a working relationship with food, allowing ourselves experiences around food that are built from emotions, whether positive, negative, or neutral, and making sure that when it comes to navigating through heightened emotional triggers, that food is not our own coping mechanism to navigate through, that we are building a toolbox of different coping mechanisms to help guide us. So you can learn a lot more about emotional eating, why dancers are prone to emotional eating, and what I mean more by when I'm talking about reclaiming emotional eating in the blog post that I've linked below. And if you have any follow-up questions, then just comment them here. And of course, subscribe to my channel because I will be sharing more tips and tricks to help you rebuild your relationship with food. Storyblocks Audio. Storyblocks Audio. Storybox Audio. Storybox Audio. Storybox Audio.
Storybox Audio. Storybox Audio.